You're listening to the Live Out Loud podcast with River Wynn and Michelle Flamer. Hi, River. Good morning, Michelle. You have your coffee. <laughs> I drank all my coffee. Mm. Ready to well, rock and roll. I pounded that this morning. <laughs> Usually it lingers. <laughs> Not today. I didn't sleep well last night, and so it was needed this morning. <laughs> yeah, you said it was really cold up there. Yeah, it got down to negative 10 last night. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, well, you see who's on the call with us, don't you? I know, and I'm so excited right now. I know. It is literally one of my longtime besties, Chris. And I am so freaking stoked that she's here today because there's been this beautiful evolution that's gone on in her life. And, and when I tell you, and and we'll talk a little bit about um, just even her handle in social media and how that's evolved. And it tells you everything about where she is in her life. And I freaking love that so much. So um, <laughs> without further ado, Chris, hello. Hey, hello. hey Michelle. Hey, River. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. Um, We're excited I, to have you here. Yeah, tell, us, very, thanks. Tell, the, tell our beautiful yeah. listeners a little bit about your background sure. and how you came to be um, an astrologer. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, went to West Point and graduated and was commissioned in the army for seven years. And so I did some military intelligence work in the army. And I kind of had this idea that I wanted to be, I'm an Aries. We'll talk a little bit about all this uh, Aries sun, um, Pisces moon, uh, Gemini rising. And there's a thing about justice for, for me and most Aries. And I wanted to be in the FBI. So I got in, I was the third class uh, hired after 9-11. Um, pretty remarkable period to start your career. Yeah. Um, and served 21 years, loved it. I got to work at the White House. I, I got to work under President Obama, which was the highlight of my career. I got to travel all over the world. I got to man, uh, supervise and lead FBI agents and then... I uh, took an astrology class a couple years before, like back in 2020, 2021, when we all were looking for things to do. And it kind of changed my life and changed my, my, where I was going next. And I saw learning my own chart, I realized I needed to retire and become an astrologer. So I retired just in August, opened up my own astrology business, KB Insight, and here I am rocking and rolling and empowering. The thing for me is, you know, spending 30 years defending our country and, you know, doing a lot of important work. Now I'm really, in, I really want to empower individuals. Like it's so important to do the individual work. Mm -hmm. And I'm so connected with what's going on in the universe right now, spiritually. So it's amazing. And I'm really, really blessed to be in this position. So, and oh, wow. KB, yeah. yeah. Can I, the KB? Yeah, yes, so that's what I was just about to say. Yes, go into the KB. Like this is when when you and I met in Los Angeles at mm -hmm. WeHo, uh, Gay Pride, 
I was 2003 or 2004, yeah. somewhere around there. I was going to ask yes. how you two met, how you two knew each other. So well, she's gonna, yeah, she'll yeah. tell you right here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is, it's a great story too. So I'll, I'll, 2002, I um, decided to go to Pride and the person I went with, like, you just pick one girl out there that you think is really attractive. And I think I picked somebody that was a mutual friend. And Michelle was came to dinner. And that's how we got to meet. And we've been pretty, pretty close since then. But at the time, I, you know, I, I was just kind of, <laughs> kind sim of how, similar. I mean, in a sense, it's like, I mean, different scenario. We weren't at Pride, but like Michelle just like do, 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 comes along and then you're best friends for life. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Like fate brings people into your lives at the right time. And it was really, you know, that woman that I thought I had a crush on wasn't the important piece. It was Michelle. Um, so my email address was KB uh, uh, Thinker. Thinker at AOL.com. And I just went through a metamorphosis in Los Angeles. I mean, how can you not when you've got access to so much spiritual guidance? I started practicing Buddhism and I changed it to KB Feeler. So I am much more in touch with my Pisces moon. And it was like, when I saw my Pisces moon on my chart, I was like, no wonder. Mm. And now you're KB Insight. Yeah. So I'm now KB Insight. Full circle. Cool. I love that. It's such a cool story. Like, what a pivot from FBI to astrologer. <laughs> yeah, you're all huh, army <laughs> astrology. They both start with A's. That's literally the only thing in common there. <laughs> it's 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 crazy. So yeah, I just the how I've navigated through all of life to get to where I am now. I, I know all my leadership experiences really helps because. Uh, I want to be able to empower people. And so many people are really, you know, challenged with leadership issues and questions or even leading them themselves. Like, so uh, it, well, it's really, a, I've been really lucky. Well, one of the things that I was very um, privileged to is having deep conversations and deep diving things where Chris was a conscious leader within her FBI um, you know, within her FBI career. And the privilege was listening to her kind of process out loud conflict resolution and how she wanted to have and leave this legacy of not being the typical, you know, uh, patriarchy type of, you know, um, kind of construct or whatever, like, like, like kind of mm -hmm. cutting that out and being like, I'm embracing that I'm a woman in this position. Yes, we have rules to follow, but I want to lead from a conscious heart space mm -hmm. so that we can build deeper connections. And you don't do that, like government jobs, like you typically don't have someone like that. And there's something so beautiful about that. And I think what I'm excited for your new career is that I, I see it as like a company, you know, like team building where you get to like have them understand where each of them is coming from within their signs, within their astrology chart, and also create a deep, meaningful experience for things like that based on, I mean, you can't get more government than FBI. 
And, you know, it's really beautiful how you just articulated that because like um, I'm doing a lot of apprenticeship work by working one-on-one with people and I'm just learning more and more. And, you know, I've learned a lot already, but it's about empowering one individual. But I, my broadest goal and vision is to be able to, and I think we're moving in this direction, being able to consult with Fortune 500 companies or, you know, like-minded companies, women running these companies that actually want to use astrology as a backdrop because it's just a framework. I mean, I believe in it. It's crazy what the planets can tell us. Um, but it's awesome because you can have real conversations with real people and you can rally around like, what are we different? How are we in sync and be able to like talk about how do we move this company? Let's develop a strategy together through personal dynamics. I I think like moving into this 2024, because we've been, uh, River and I have been deep diving, like where the collective is at this moment and the spiritual um, guidance, like from folks like Bailey or Angela. And, you know, we had Bailey recently on the podcast, kind of talking about where the divine feminine collective is currently and how interesting, more importantly, where the divine masculine is not and the divine feminines in a CEO, you know, the Mm C-suite leadership that there are going to be more divine feminines. And meaning we always like to preface that with divine, when we're talking about divine feminine and divine masculine, there are no genders. It's, it's, it's the core of, of someone, or it's the spectrum of like, maybe this week I'm leaning more into my divine feminine, but when I'm making decisions and I'm super coming from logical, I'm in my divine masculine space at that moment. So Mm -hmm. we -hmm. like to always encourage and um, educate um, our listeners because a lot of them are new and been recently spiritually awakened and things like that. So we always just try to speak from truth and you know, not claim to be anything other than um, speaking within what we are kind of learning and and downloading. So with astrology, I think it can go so many different ways because it all depends kind of like your therapist, like it all depends on their life experience and where you can connect with that person. And the thing that I love when I, and this is literally my phone call with Chris, and I love this so much, like we'll just be chatting. I'll just catch up. Da, da, da. And then all of a sudden I'll say something. She goes, hold on, let me look at your chart. <laughs> and it's true. better than having a critical thinker looking at your chart and telling you like in a heart space where you're going to be, yes. where, where like, or val- just validating like the thoughts that I was having and just like having someone as that little, it's a different kind of check-in. It's really cool. Yeah. If you don't, if, if it's cool, I'd like to just talk about like one of the transits that you were going through. Like yeah. you had, you had the planet Neptune, which is the spiritual awakening planet. And it was crossing your sun, or it was actually in an aspect. It was in a, it had an aspect to your sun and it was there for quite some time. It was probably 2022, 2023, but Neptune on uh, its highest edge like or and gives us this access to spirituality and visions and dreams at slowest end it makes us kind of feel delusional mm. uh, you know your the the aspect was neptune was crossing your venus the planet of love and what happens at the highest end you like have this like 
loving feeling. You see the potential in the people that you're dating or the person that you're with. The downside is if that potential doesn't exist, it's easy to fool yourself. And so I remember having conversations with you about like, what are the facts here? What What's showing up mm-hmm. versus what we all want to do is see the potential. But when you're going through that aspect, it's get it gets magnified. So it's helpful to have an astrologer be like, this is this is what you, it's a permission slip, but it's also, oh gosh, I am doing that. And it's not my fault. It's just the stars are giving me this energy. Wow. Isn't that it's cool? So cool to hear that like deep dive explained. <laughs> and I'm like thinking about that time period in your life, Michelle. And I'm like, oh, I know exactly what we're talking about here. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. And she's actually, yeah, she, that's what she's telling. Yeah. That's what she's saying there. And it's just, it's, it is, but this is like, life with with one of your besties that is an astrologer like you're just going to you know hey i just needed your love and comfort and it's like let me look at your chart i do that to all my friends it's super fun it gets me you know excited and i keep learning and then you know it also helps me figure out if it resonates or not and yeah so it's really cool. I'm really, and I really lucky. I have friends that love to hear about it. Oh yeah. In fact, it's funny because it's starting to like stick with me a little bit. So when she's saying water, I'm all, Oh, that equals feelings or like, I'm starting to learn by through osmosis, obviously, but, um, it is, it is really fascinating. I think there's a speaking of like Delulu for people. And I think with social media around soulmates and twin flames and the one, I think, I think it's really fascinating using astrology as a kind of a touch point, like a little bit more of a, cause it's, it's something you can physically see because it's in the chart. And I think mm-hmm. there's something cool about how it can ground around all of those feelings. And can you just, can you just discuss that a little bit and share like, yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's a bunch of different parts on a person's natal chart that gives you insight into how they show up in relationships. And if anybody is familiar with their natal chart, if they go to where their descendant, which is the DC line, it's near the seventh house, and they take a look at the the chart there, they can kind of see which planet. Like in the case of River, she has her descendant runs through Taurus. And then you you might need to do a little bit of research or you can just call me and I can, you know, give you this insight, but Venus rules Taurus. And so the, that means that rivers relationship planet is, is Venus. And so for her relationships, and this isn't the relationship planet itself is Venus, but for her, it's even magnified more because it's, it's, it's actually her relationship planet. And Harmony is super important. So she has to, it's very important for her to like be in harmony with another individual. And that's beautiful. And you're seeking harmony. You're seeking somebody who is maybe artistic and loving and loves to be in relationship. But the downside is, is making sure you have those boundaries. So the other piece that you can take a look at is a synastry reading. Like I give synastry readings where you take both charts and you overlay them. And then I can see what planets people are lighting up in each other's houses. As an example, I was dating a couple months ago and this woman lit up my fourth house. My fourth house is 
the family house, the ancestors and the childhood wounds. So guess what happened when I started dating this woman? You were triggered. I got lots of triggers. (laughs) And I like, I like was my father was showing up. I'm like, what? This is, oh, I got to stop this. So yeah, there's a lot of information on the chart relationship wise. Um, A lot of insight that you can get for sure. Does it, as an astrologer, as a woman, as a single woman now, and you're in that dating scope, do you like after every date or like during, like, do you ask them for their input, like that information so that you can deep dive for this? Like how, how often has it been right? And where like, sometimes you're like, I'm just going to go organic here. I'm going to go like, do you ever just like go organically into it? Or do you always need to look at their charts? I'm just curious. I always have to look, I always have to look, but it is an interesting question. You don't want to ask them in the beginning, like, tell me your date of birth and your place of birth, especially once they find out I'm a retired FBI agent that doesn't go over so well. So, (laughs) okay. Didn't think of that part. That's funny. Actually. Are you looking at my chart or are you looking at my whole life? (laughs) Exactly. Like, are you running a name, like a database check on, on me? Like it's not as prevalent now that I'm not in the FBI, but when I Mm -hmm. was, so usually when people find out I'm an astrologer, they, they will, they'll just provide me that information because they're kind of interested. But yeah, I, I I do. And I, I find it's remarkably accurate. It's really remarkably accurate. I did a synastry reading for a friend of mine and um, they were talking on the phone and they were about to meet and they're like, oh, we're just going to be friends. And I'm like, mm, nope, The you, Becky, you are totally highlighting her seventh house. You can say you're just going to be friends, but she's going to take one look at you and your your energy and, you know, just get to know her essence. And it's it's like marriage material or relationship material. And they're they're lovers right now. So it's kind of I find it it's pretty darn accurate. God, that's so freaking cool. So not me now. Every single time I date someone sending you all their information. (laughs) Totally. Do it. Do it. You know what? I I honestly feel like you should. um have a have your link to quick things but we like but charge but charge for like five bucks just to say like hey can you just check this person and tell me what how like specific like what house are they in what should I look for like two or three it's a it's a it's a great idea and I think that is something that I'm revising because I'm finding I'm just finding that some people don't have time for an hour uh, natal chart, deep dives. And, but I will tell you the people that are going through massive change, make time for it. They do. Um, but I, I agree. I think, you know, there, there's a business model and I've seen other astrologers do this where you just give quick hits. I'm actually, I show up, I'm gay, I'm gay asses. Gay ass is a uh, gay astrology, A-S-S. And they are a queer uh, dance, um, venue that they do these gay ass uh dance clubs every month so and i'm their resident astrologer and so the there's a new gay bar in la uh called ruby fruit and so Mm -hmm. i am i show up and give 20 minute readings Mm -hmm. for you know really small charge and it can be really life-changing i sat down with somebody last week and I like looked at her chart and my eyes bulged out because there's certain, you know, this is going to lead us into 2024. We've got 
pretty remarkable year coming up because we've got Pluto is finishing its last degree in Capricorn. Um, I'll talk about that in a second. But when I looked at her chart, I saw Pluto, which is the planet of transformation, death and destruction. It's like this amazing planet, but it, right. Like in tarot, it's called like a tower moment where the change happens. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And, And so, um, she had it on top of Venus and I like my eyes bulged out and that just basically I'm like, are you having relationship issues? And she's like, I just got into a major fight with my girlfriend last night. Yeah. So it's just that you can't, you can't not feel a Pluto transit, by the way, both of you are going to have Pluto transits. And, oh, and I'm aware years. that I'm about to hit one for like, tw- isn't it like 20 years or something? Yeah. So yeah, Pluto stays in Aquarius. to me a little bit because I no, just, you're fine. Out. You're fine. It's just two or three years. It, it's, what it really it? depends on the, because you got your son at the beginning part gotcha. of Aquarius. Okay. So let's talk about Pluto. Unless, I mean, is it cool to talk about Ooh, this year? Yeah, I, no, you're I'm free like, to now run. I want to know what's what's my Pluto transit. Like, what is this going to mean I will. for me? <laughs> yes, you're. I will take a look at that here in a second. But let me talk about like big picture. What's happening 2024? Yeah. So that. Pluto ha- has been in Capricorn since 2008, and in Capricorn, it has this energy. Pluto destroys in order to evolve. And new places get put in place because something's gotten destroyed. And so you can take a look at all the destruction we've seen since 2008. And the patriarch is really, I feel like, on its last legs. So you've got the financial crisis, the re- the real estate crisis that happened in 2009. You have had all these governments, these democratic institutions that have been like materializing in Syria and then and, and Iran, and then they get tampered down. You've got author- authoritarianism and these regimes, tyranny. You know, you've got Trump getting elected, President Trump getting elected. So you just, it is... It, it's it's taking the foundational institutions, which is Capricorn, and it's the kind of like the elite, the people running government, and it's destroying the things that aren't serving our purpose. Mm. So it moves into Aquarius for good in 2025. In 2024, we're going to get a snippet of it. It's going to, on August, excuse me, January 20th, just coming up in a couple of weeks, the sun and Pluto are going to both move into Aquarius. So this Aquarius um, attitude is the the it's the collective rising up. It's it's the humanitarians. It's the people who haven't had a voice kind of like overthrowing stuff. Mm. And that's what we're yeah. looking at for the next 20 years. However, it goes back down to Capricorn. Pluto will dip into Aquarius and then it moves back down into Capricorn and it does its last. So I don't really know what this means. It does its last stirring up of bullshit that we just need to get rid of. And I hope to God that all the stirring up happens during the summer and during like these months where we can just be like, we got a friggin' vote because we've got an election that's coming up yep. and we, we, this is where like the death and destruction and the shit that happens to us that we, we don't like, we have a voice. And so my hope is, is that this is, you know, good news, but we, we, we are going to see some dips in the collective humanity. We see what's happening in Gaza. We're going to see a little bit more of that, unfortunately. 
So that's what we were that's what we were sort of um talking about with regards to the collective with uh Bailey that on that episode because yeah. we're realizing that people in general, the collective, whether it's divine masculines that are awakened or divine feminines, that we are going through a space of are our careers fundamentally spiritually lifting us up and sort of moving out and becoming more aware of doing things that light us up and that really like lift. And so, cause when, when more people are doing what they love, right, Chris, the more, the more we light mm -hmm. up earth and the more that people are joyous and live from more of a yep. joyful place, as opposed to feeling like that boomer um, era of like 40 hours a week for 40 years. And like this whole new generation of millennials and gen X's and I mean, not gen and well, gen X's are leading the path, but um, the gen Z's and the gen alphas, these are all kids coming up that are going to be game changers. They're light workers. Mm -hmm. They are. So it's gen X parents that are mm -hmm. waking up right now in order to mm -hmm. consciously parent so that our kids feel free, feel liberated to do what literally yes. feels good in their core. Yeah. And like yeah. we talked about with Bailey, like, and what you just said, Chris, too, is like, patriarchy is dying. <laughs> yes, you can, you can it feel is. it. And like, even even right now with everything that is going on with you know Palestine and all of that, you you see you see that current of yeah of a lot of countries are starting to be like, um, hey U.S. U.K. like colonizer countries, it's time to hold you accountable for this shit, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's very yep. patriarchal colonizing. And so mm -hmm. um, we talked about with Bailey like how like the matriarchy is coming back we're shifting mm -hmm. we're, we're shifting in it mm -hmm. and i'm curious to see if we're gonna do like a big swing where it's like you know you go from one extreme to the other if we're gonna find like kind of a middle ground between the masculine and feminine in that way i'm curious to see i i hope so i mean it, it would be nice i mean i think i think when we i think the whole spiritual movement you've got saturn by the way uh and neptune um, in Pisces, it's the last year it's going to be in Pisces full year. And then it moves, uh, it dips into it, um, in 2025, it dips into, uh, Aries. Um, but this year it really is about spiritual awakening and mm -hmm. with, with, with the Neptune, the spiritual awakening planet in Pisces, it really is this building this energy for the spiritual awakening. And then Saturn provides this foundational structure. Saturn is like the structure. It's the earth element. So it's like, okay, we need structure for the spirituality. Um, where's the convergence of career and spirituality, the convergence of what we're studying in school and spirituality. So we're really seeing this shift that a lot of people are getting. And I think a lot of people are waking up this year because of those planets. Is Have you had any clients yet that want to understand their kids chart and parent from there? Yeah. Because human design is really allowing us to understand 
um, kind of like Hayden is a projector and how parenting a projector is way different than parenting a generator and or a reflector. Yeah. So within astrology, Absolutely. we have like a lot of moms here that are spiritually in tune. What What's a good suggestion or is it more just calling, you know, just scheduling an hour with you and, and doing that, you know, and getting, getting some advice through that. I just gave one of my really good friends, actually it was my first girlfriend at West Point. I just gave her a synastry reading on her son. Hmm. She uh, really, she, he's older. He's her Saturn return baby. So when we're Saturn return 28, 29, so that's when he was born. So it's a very special connection when your son or daughter are born during your Saturn return, Saturn return baby. And she's just, she's wanting to get a, develop a more close relationship. So I did a deep dive. It's a synastry reading and I did a deep dive and it was really cool because they're karmically connected. Mm -hmm. And I don't see this in all charts, but as much as she's meant to heal him, he is meant to heal her. And I could see that in the chart. And, you know, the typical Western thought on like, what do I do to improve my relationship with my son is to like walk on eggshells, try to figure out what they want. And I'm like, Shannon, you need to heal yourself and allow your son to see you as an adult because he's got this access to your world of secrets. And I think if you just showed him your vulnerability it's going to enable him to be vulnerable too. And like, it's, it, it's beautiful. And, you know, she was worried about not getting along and I'm like, Oh my God, like the two of you are so karmically tied <laughs> that you have no, nothing to worry about. So it's a, it's really cool insight. I love that. Cause I, I was literally watching a video yesterday by um, a life coach who, who works with, um, people who are trying to co-parent after divorce. And I really love his content. And he was sharing about how one of the best things that a single mother or the mother in general can do for her son to raise a strong man is to allow him to see her vulnerable and to yes. not hide her emotions from him and to allow him to meet her in that space with her vulnerable emotions. And I think that's so counterintuitive to what we're taught in Western culture, where there's totally. this, um, like this like Freudian, you, you know, like perspective that if, if a mother is emotionally close with her son, that there must be something wrong. But when you then think about like taking it back to matriarchy, like mothers are the source of the spiritual and we're the source of the emotions and the vulnerability. Yes. And if we can allow our sons to have that connection with us, we are teaching them to honor their own emotions. They learn that from their mothers. So so beautiful. So beautiful. It's, 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 uh, you know, not going into two specifics, but this person, um, had some really horrible things that happened to her when she was little and she raised her son and it's, you know, it happens by default. You're so protective. She was a single parent. She's so protective and, and, you know, how to disclose that. Yeah. Like disclosing that could actually cause, you know, be healing for him. He can look back and be like, now I understand. Now I understand maybe the things that I have learned, but it, but it's so healing the vulnerability piece. And we do need to teach our young men and, 
you know, generations of women who don't want to let their guard down. They feel like they have to constantly protect others and show this persona of this like Irish Catholic woman who's super strong and we're, we're doing a disservice. Well, yeah, I think about it in, in relationship with my own son. I mean, if I want him to be a good partner in the future, who's emotionally available to whoever his partner is, whether it's a man or a woman, um, how can I teach him that vulnerability? He's not going to learn it from the other parent. It's my my job to teach him that by leading by example, by being exactly. open and vulnerable and allowing him to feel. <laughs> I was, it's I was, amazing. I was thinking through this for a second and thinking a lot of my friends have elderly parents right now. And uh, on the triggers and glimmers episode last, I was, we, you know, River and I, I was talking because I was doing it from Sherman Oaks at my mom, you know, at my childhood home. Yep. And a couple of, and the conversations that I was having with my mom around divorce and how she was being triggered and how through this growth, I've been able to um, diffuse when she typically would get defensive. I was able to diffuse it through kind gestures, words, you know, and letting her know that I was just sharing from the perspective of my 11 year old self that I didn't know her truth. Then I understand it and validate it now what she was going through. And it was such a healing moment that I know from just talking to people and seeing posts and, you know, and reading sometimes, sometimes I just go dive into all of the comments because that helps me to understand humanitarian, the humanity of like what's happening with a lot of these people. But I feel like doing a sinister chart, sinistry Sinister, yeah. chart yeah not not that's not sinister you know but I'm just <laughs> it, I mean, could it be. can be if you need it to be but um but like doing a sinistry chart like what a beautiful <laughs> gift to give your elderly parent later and like yeah because there's we don't know if we have a tomorrow with them right like that's you right. lost your mom at a very early age you know I lost my dad at 2020 like we weren't ready for like, it was so mm -hmm. fast that of course I feel like I did get to say everything to him, but not everybody has that same, um, yep. same sweet, you know, um, closure to that. So I feel like I really want to share the fact that you can do this with, with a parent or both parents, if they're still alive, if they're lucky to have them both and understanding like, where things can be improved upon without that defensive piece. And sometimes hearing it from a stranger, like, Hey, if you guys, you, this is how you show up in this house and like educating the elderly parents on yeah. a after you've like have an understanding of their charts. I think that would just be such a, the least defensive, like you're not in therapy with them. You're just like, Hey, I just thought this would be really cool to do together. And like, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, like deep in our, deep in our relationship for these next 10 to 15 years, like God willing. Right. Yeah. Well, the cool thing about astrology and any of these modalities, um, is that you, especially the way that I was taught, it's super important for me to have the people that I'm reading have something practical to implement. 
And that happens through things resonating and me doing a deep dive and asking a bunch of questions. But I think the end, the end result is really to empower that person so that they can see next steps to evolve. Mm -hmm. And they're part of that process. Um, and it, it's kind of really beautiful. Um, knowing, knowing my father's chart, um, and we all had the holidays and some of us were with family. Um, it was a rough time for me. I've made some uh, intentions to really grieve my mother's passing that happened when I was 18 years old. And being knowing my dad's chart and knowing that he's got tons of water, like I can see what I need to do to heal the relationship. It's just it's just really helpful. If I know somebody has a lot of air in their chart, they intellectually curious, you know, it's a different approach. So the the astrology really does give you kind of like some pointers and some insight into how to approach different people and better understanding. I think it's, I think, it's really I, beautiful. I think that's kind of, for me, what separates you from a lot of other astrologers, because there's this deep intuition in you that you've started to trust so much that yeah. it's really like, I love when, when I happen to catch you after a friend has left, you know, uh, hanging out with you for the week and you've like had some of these deep dives and, you know, you're going through their charts just because that's just who you are. You're such a sweet giver that way. And then you're like, it was crazy to watch this all unpack. Like I had the idea X, Y, Z. And then she started to tell me all these things. And I was like, check, check. Like your intuition was so like on point and it's like allowed you to really trust. And I think that's why it's just so beautiful when you bring two people together and share that, or there's just a lot of healing you've been able to, to accomplish with your close, with your close uh, core soul um, bio, bio family. Mm -hmm. It's been pretty beautiful. It, it also has been supplemented um, since I retired by plant medicine. So yes. I think just the, <clears throat> yes. The, so Hold on, like, wait, give so everyone another... the context. Like she could not do anything <laughs> illegal. Like, not, I mean, even CBD, even CBD. Yeah. Even CBD for a gazillion years, 30 years. You know what I mean? I could <laughs> I couldn't even put CBD on my dog or my cat. Right. It's like how wow. insane. So yeah, like um, she had a urine test, it might show up. And then she just, wow. she has an exemplary, you know, career. And yeah, so, it, so this part of the story, it's, <laughs> it's fascinating now that she's allowing and exploring and like, just staying so open to wherever the journey takes her at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if if anybody's seen Change Your Mind or Fantastic Fungi, I mean, what we are learning and another important date is April twentieth. You've got the planet of evolution, Uranus. Is Someone's going to birthday be, is four twenty. It's yeah. Really well, that's a that's a oh yeah, that's right. I remember seeing that when I was looking at your chart. Uranus yeah. is going to be conjunct um, Jupiter, so it's another. It's almost like another changing of the guard type of thing. But what it's highlighting in Taurus, because it's in the Taurus, it's all about external security and food and nature and our planet. And it, there's a moment in time where we're going to, 
I hope to God with the AI and all these amazing things that are going to, we're going to see in our lifetime for it to be used to evolve. That's what I, I feel like that the 20th is going to signify. You've got the planet of expansion. You've got the planet of love and joy is going to be conjunct the evolution planet. And what could happen initially is the Uranus might churn things up. It might like show you the things that aren't working in order to give rise to those voices, like people who are treating PTSD with MDMA, like people who are using microdosing for psilocybin, like these things we knew in the fifties, all the clinical research was positive. And then we had just say no to drugs, which took it offline, but we know the benefits and it is really a quick, the mushrooms, they know where to go. And like, I've been microdosing. I attended a retreat with a higher dose. And I like, I affectionately call it a shit show. My life has opened in ways that I did not think was possible. And my access to my feelings, my access to childhood wounds and being able to heal and self-soothe, I'm rewiring that fight or flight mechanism. It's so beautiful. And this to me is what we're looking at. The people who are destroying our planet, we're giving rise to the people who want to save it. And plant medicine is a great example of it. Mm. I love it. Now river, are you sold? Uh Would you, would you try plant medicine? Oh, I've done mushrooms. Oh, you have. Cause I, cause you like, don't do anything at the moment. No, I, I mean, I don't currently, but I have done it twice. Um, and my, my first experience with it was a very spiritual experience. Um, for the, nice. for the part, but <laughs> yeah, what happened? What happened? Yeah. Um, so I, I actually hadn't had the intention of doing them and went to forest park in Portland with my, at the time boyfriend who was doing them. And I just decided, fuck it, we're going to do it. And I spent several hours laying underneath the tree in forest park having an amazing conversation with that tree um and it was very enlightening i learned a lot about myself and the planet because of that well, one tree and well, i still like go back I said, and visit that tree frequently because that tree has like a very big spirit and we very much connected so when i go to forest park i go i go when i visit that tree and like no way yeah that is awesome. So the, that is really awesome. And the night that I met River that day, we did mushroom. She didn't do them because she wasn't coming near that all female bonfire. That's for another story. But um, she, <laughs> but we did mushrooms that night. And I was, I remember telling her, I'm like, I could hear the desert. <laughs> I could hear. It's it's. It's, it's a different clarity. I mean, it's like a whole different clarity and you're able to like, you're in the cosmo. Yeah. Yeah. You're in the yeah. cosmos. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, they've scary. done study after study after you're study not overdoing it. You're getting just enough of the dose. And if it's, and if it's not kicking in, then you just take a little bit more and you, you feed yourself small, small, you know, bites until you kind of understand where like, well, you're at a place uh-huh. where you're like, I'm good. This is and in my experience, like it was such a good experience until I had to leave nature and go back to our apartment in downtown Portland. And it was like that transition while you were, I was still tripping was like going from being in nature, being connected to the universe, being in that heart space, all of that 
to going into the chaos of humanity. Like I very much saw yeah. that highlighted you know, when I was writing the maps so for downtown Portland and like just seeing people and like feeling their pain along the way was just so wild and, and it caused me to have a bad trip after that so after a while I was like I'm not touching that again <laughs> but that's interesting it was because... interesting to see that transition of like so now knowing I, I don't think I would ever do that again unless I was in a nature setting where I could be calm and at peace and connected without the chaos of or humanity. if you or if you had a spirit guide because like a spiritual guide like I think yeah. like nowadays these these yeah. guides are popping up all over the country and, uh, you know, we have to be safe and, you know, it's yep. not legal every, it's not legal just yet. And I think that's going to change. Yep. MDMA is, is scheduled to get off the schedule, um, a list here soon. Um, but then, and I, that's what I've enjoyed really having a practitioner who is guiding me and giving me the tools, the somatic healing tools. Um, and, 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 and to me that that makes me feel much more comfortable. So that I also, I don't have I also feel the reason why you had a great experience and why I had a great experience, Chris, is because we were around the light, like-minded people who could hold that yeah. space. Cause we're all in the, it's like the worst thing ever. Remember in our twenties, when we would show up to a drunk party sober, and that is just no bueno. That is fucking, that sucks. So I think when you're all in that same level and like, you know, that energy, it's like you're a lot, you a lot, it's, it, it just kind of flows through you. Yeah. Yeah. Setting and intention is really, really important. Setting and uh, the, the, the intention behind things is super, super important. Um, I mean, that's, that's unfortunately what, you know, got all these, uh, hallucinogenic drugs um, off the streets uh, because we they broke out of the clinical setting and then they were just party drugs and they they really weren't being used necessarily for spiritual purposes or for clinical purposes and now we've got all the clinical research happening it's just it, it's mind-boggling it's I really feel like in 10 years we are going to be much more aggressively treating um, mental disease with these mushrooms and MDMA and under ketamine, which is already being done. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's beautiful. So it's really, really beautiful. And I think um, is this there, year is, yeah. Go. I was just going to say, we're like maybe the last thought on this on plant medicine with it, but are, are there some um, resources that you've enjoyed that you would be willing to share so I can share them in the notes? Like um, obviously just, you know, if, if they're, if they're just cool articles, like plant, yeah. medicine, you know, one-on-one yeah, or if there are any Absolutely. other retreat, other retreat places that you've heard of now, because you're sort of in that community, anything that you feel like you would like to share, I'd, I'd love to share it in the show notes so that yeah. if anybody is curious about like me, I'm curious, I would love to do a retreat for sure. Like if you're going back, I want to go with you next time, but um, yeah, I would love to have I definitely you. want like, to experience that because the other part on my list is ayahuasca, which, you know, I'm definitely wanting to do as well. And I have a yep. few, few things for that, but um, I mean, to I, like go to Peru or Costa Rica or something like that. You can do it in the United States, actually. I know. So, I've, I've, I've heard of some places. Yeah. I, for, I can. Like North Carolina, North Carolina has oh, like ayahuasca yeah. retreats. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Like that just seems people weird in a red state. 
if people contact me, I'm more than happy to give specifics. And then I can provide you like information about the different articles and, and all that stuff. Like that. Um, but good. because it's still, we have to be really careful still. Yeah. So, um, but I'm happy to talk to people if they contact me. And, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I love that. So what's happening with the rest of like 2020, anything notable that people should be looking for and, you know, with regards to looking for an astrologer to bring into your circle, as far as part of your, um, I call it kind of like team spirituality. Uh, mm. Is there, are there any green flags you want to share or anything that, you know, when people are looking for an astrologer that they should be looking for? Well, one, they should contact me because I'm happy to give them a reading. And if totally. they're interested in like a 20 minute thing as well, and I, I know I'll provide this info to you so you can put it on um, the link and all that. But like, uh, yeah, I think it's important to go to an esoteric astrologer, somebody who really believes that you're given, there's blue and red lines on your chart. The blue lines are your talents. And these are the things that come easy to you. And the red lines are the challenges. And we believe, at least in esoteric uh, astrology, you're given the exact number of red lines to help you evolve. And so there, in, in astrology, there's this interesting perspective of you have free will. You have the ability to make choices. Then there's things that are just fate, like you and me the three, you know, the three of us and how we met, you know, the two of you and me and Michelle, that like fate will bring things together. And I know Michelle's heard me say this a thousand times. Like if something is meant to be, if this person is your twin flame or if this person is your soulmate, there's nothing that you can do that's going to prevent that from happening. Right. And so we, so we have this weird thing of like control, but like, so we have free will. And then the, 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 the stars themselves, the planets give you access to this energy. Um, for Gemini's out there, if you're Gemini rising or Gemini moon or Gemini sun, you've got Jupiter moving into Gemini. So it's a good luck year for the Gemini's out there. Um, but be careful because that Gemini energy is like, I want to do 50,000 things. When Jupiter comes, visits you, the, you feel expansive and you feel like all this potential. So don't sign up to do a thousand things. When Jupiter visits the Gemini's out there, it'll be visiting all of us. So it'll activate whatever house you've got in Gemini. Then that means you need to like be selective. What are those things that bring you joy and do those things and don't try to overextend yourself because that energy can really overextend extend you. Uh, you wanted to know, River, for you, you've got Jupiter visiting your eighth house. It's going to start in the seventh house. So that's about expanding your relationships and um, you actually, it's going to cross Venus for you. So next year, this year through next year, it'll start May through May of next year. You are going to have something expand your relationship world, Ooh. which could be a person. It could be another friend. It could be, you know, you're connecting through the mm. podcast, but it's really good luck. And that, that that happens once every 12 years so so that's for you wow. and then when when it's when it's on top of venus you're going to have an opportunity to look at shadows because it's it's highlighting your eighth house which is the house of shadow which means you get to transform you get to transform your relationships you'll have access to like shining a light 
on the darkness that's preventing you from really showing up in relationships. So it's a very beautiful, you've got a very beautiful transit that's, that's popping up. Michelle, I don't have anything good for you. Just kidding. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, I love it. It's okay. Love it, if it's another deep ass dive this year. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. Uh, Let's really take a look. Quick, I yeah, want to ask, um, you know, I, I've been talking with some people about astrology recently who aren't some, who aren't, um, super familiar with astrology and they're new to it. And they've of course heard, you know, your sun sign, your sun sign. And they say, Oh, you know, my sun sign doesn't necessarily resonate for me. So I've just kind of written it off. And I've told them, yeah. Oh, you know, well, it's really more about like your unique chart and like your, your rising sign and your moon and like all the different placements. Um, and then I, I keep hearing the same feedback from people. Well, I just look at my chart and I feel so confused because I don't understand what all these houses are about. So could you like really quick give like a synopsis on what the houses are? Yep. What, like, what is that in, in terms of a chart? And like, why is that important for people to know? And is, is the sun sign really the go like the end all be all for people when they're like reading horoscopes every day? I mean, yeah, the, the, it's a really great question when you, when the, I actually started doing horoscopes for gay astrology and the horoscope is really meant for the rising sign. And the reason why is oh. I'm going to explain. Wait, yeah, the, it's, the, for the, the, it's not for the sun sign. It's for our, our ascent sign. Okay. Gotcha. That's yep. Yeah, it's okay. kind of interesting. Well, and the reason why is because it's more, it's more specific to your chart. Mm -hmm. Um, when, when you're born a little person, you know, goes out of the hospital bed and takes a picture up at the stars in the sky and whatever's rising on the East side of the, the, the country in the Eastern horizon, that is your rising sign. And that is determined by your time of birth with the rising sign. That's where all the houses start. So the houses one, two through 12, and that overlays your natal chart that shows you all of your zodiac signs. The reason the houses give me insight with the transits, the transits, the major transits, the big planets have an impact on collective uh, humanity. Jupiter, Saturn, you've all heard Saturn return. But what's really the insight for your chart specifically is what house is getting activated because these planets, like a lot of us share Saturn and Taurus, depending on what year we were born, because Saturn stays in a sign for two years. So there's a lot of generational signs. So that's helpful. But what's more helpful is to know what house is in. And that's where an astrologer can really help you do a deep dive. Like when I was talking about uh, rivers. Wait, so if house, I'm going to start yeah. utilizing moon omens, because we like all love moon omens, like they just do such a beautiful job of dumbing it down for us newbies you know yep. so am i not to look at aquarius anymore i should just start reading libra and kind of roll from there since that's my no so moon moon omens is actually doing all three they usually will say rising sign they'll say sun sign um so you can take a look at all but like when they're specific to the rising sign that that is the thing that's going to be the more specific piece gotcha if that makes sense yeah, yeah it's a good question it's a really good question well, because so. that's how people get kind of lost in it a little bit, or they get a little bit deflated because it doesn't resonate. And then they just kind of go, astrology sucks. You know what I mean? It's when true. It's just because there's not enough education around it. So I don't know if out of this conversation, you know, Chris, you start deep diving a little bit of, you know, 
clearing, being like getting, you know, a clear space um, for these folks so that they can understand it more. It's, it's a good point. Like horoscopes will not give you as much information as a natal chart reading. Even if I gave you a natal chart reading for 20 minutes, I'm going to give you much more insight into what's happening than you will with a horoscope because they really are for the masses. And I mean, you could, I could be doing a, a Gemini rising horoscope for somebody, but if your moon is in the first two or three degrees versus the last two or three degrees, it makes a big difference. So um, it it's it it can be hit or miss, but I have found the rising signs are going to be the most specific to your chart. Wait, so you told her when someone is coming into her life, or she should when when is mine like in twenty twenty six? Yeah, so you do I'm, have because I'm okay to like linger in this space right now, and now I'm, I'm all fine. nervous. I'm like, oh I'm shit, hey. I'm just hey. fine. This year, you've got Saturn crossing Venus. So um, remember how I was talking how you had Neptune on Venus, which causes a little bit of, oh my God, this person's perfect for me, but it's not really grounded in reality. I mean, we all do this. You're yeah. not the only person. But yeah. but with Neptune sitting on the, you've got Saturn crossing Venus this year. And so with Saturn crossing Venus, usually that means a new relationship, new something, it's either growth in a relationship or there's something new coming into your life. So you, you definitely have the potential as well. The, you both have Venus uh, activity going on, on your charts. Uh, I have to give you, you know, later I, I can look specifically at what the oh, date yeah. is. Um, but kidding. let's see, it's, it's at the, it's going to be, it's going to be 23. Hey, I can look real quick. Just really Saturn is going to make it all the way up to 19. Isn't she and then so freaking adorable when she's doing it. Yeah. This? I love, I love I this love stuff. Her. It's, I know. It's she early. Lights up. I love it. It's really, really amazing. It's going to, you're start feeling the activation at the end of this year and it crosses early next year. I'm down for but that. You'll start, you might be meeting somebody at the end of this year. Cool. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Because right now yeah. I'm just meeting myself. <laughs> well, that's an important, that's an important person to love and nurture. It, it have a self-attachment. We all have to have good secure attachments to ourselves more mm -hmm. so than anybody else first. What happens when we're when we start like when you're dating and you like start to meet somebody before that transit comes in. Is there, is there going to come up as like challenges and obstacles? Oh no. It, you no, can... sometimes, you know, sometimes the energy starts sooner. Sometimes it starts later. Sometimes it, but is it depending upon else? their chart too? Like it depends on. It can be. Yeah. That's where the synastry. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's pretty cool. I love I love utilizing. So what other ways could we utilize astrology going forward? And just for the the collective here on, on the pod, um, for the pod, I, I'll have Chris send me the best link possible for like not only her website, but also like a really reputable astrology site where if someone's just fascinated and wants to like learn. Oh, more, yeah. Learn. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Astro.com is really easy. Oh, and that really, you can, yeah, you can do your own chart by putting your date of birth in your place of birth. Um, but yeah, what, ask me your question again. Um, we've Winter. covered, we covered, yeah, we've covered a bunch of things, applications for the astrology. And yeah. 
what what would be some other applicable ways that people utilize astrology in their day to day, like with you day to day, you know, whatnot? I think like the most impactful thing um, is when you're going through major transits, like when you're when you have a Pluto transit, um, you both have them. Pluto's gonna. This is a couple years for for you, Michelle. Your, Pluto's gonna cross over your son, your son, and that's gonna be pretty transformative. Um, and then River, you've got this year. Pluto's gonna be squaring uh, your son, so that could also be very transformative. I think an astrologer and and having access to somebody that can help you make sense out of the lessons that you're meant to learn, it gives you a permission slip. And it gives meaning. As an example, I had a friend that I reconnected with and she's potentially like she's thinking that maybe she needs to get a divorce. She's not sure. And I take a look and I see Pluto is crossing her descendant line. That is her relationship line. And it gave her permission to really do this deep dive into her relationship to herself and how she wasn't showing up for herself and knowing that she had this energy and knowing that she wasn't crazy, that all this stuff was happening and it like there really was this energy that was occurring. Well, that's what you do. You're able to validate us. That's why I'm saying like when I call you and I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, let me look. And then you're like, yep. So sometimes I think I love that because if it gave her permission to look within and look along that line, knowing that this is out there, like, oh, not to make any dress, um, like, uh, like ha- haste, haste decisions. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it allowed her to just sort of sit within her and not take it as a sign that the relationship is doomed. Yeah. And you know, it also like, depending on what the transit is, like, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't want to do therapy, but like some of these, these transits are all about Learning your emotional world and transforming your emotional world. And when I can say, you might want to consider if you're, are you feeling this happened to me in another gay ass when I was at Ruby fruit a couple months ago, I'm like, I was looking at her, the transits. I'm like, are tears coming up for you a little bit more so than normal? And she started crying. Oh yeah. Because she was feeling and she, and you know, when you're feeling these feelings and you're like, what is going on? I must be crazy. And then an astrologer comes and tells you, this is what's happening. It like, it, it, it ascribes meaning to it too. Like, oh, this is happening so that I can transform instead of this is happening to me. What do I do? Like, I don't even know what to do. This can't be real. I'm making it up. I must be crazy, but it, it's just really beautiful. It enables me to sit with somebody and give them tools and insight and meaning. And I think that's enough to where people can take a look at these really tough transits and understand that they're going to be totally transformed at the end of it. And that's, you know, who doesn't want to be transformed? Do you have like, Uh, do you have gift certificates and things like that, that people can purchase for their friends or family or loved ones, you know, partner? Absolutely. And I can definitely, you know, when we post, uh, well, I'll go ahead and do a discount code for, for oh, the subscribers. Live out yeah, out for sure. For the subscribers. We love that. Yeah. What were you yeah, going to say, sure. River? I was going to say, you know, just speaking to that, like astrology and, and learning these things being so affirming. I know um, 
I had this recognition when I was going through my, like started my divorce process. I was working with um, our friend, Angela, who's kind of like my spiritual guide. We were doing intuitive readings and, and she doesn't deep dive astrology at all. It's not her area, but I've, I've noticed that in working with her, that her intuition lines up mm, exactly yeah. with yep. my astrology. So as she would tell me things so like, for example, yeah. before my divorce started, my very first reading with her, she was like, you know, I feel very strongly that you're going to be going to like the Redwoods. And I did, I have, I had a trip planned to the Redwoods and she was like, something very important is going to happen for you when you're in the Redwoods. It's going to be transform, like transformative, like lean into that energy. And then when I lined that up with my astrology chart, like there was a transit happening starting that led yep. to my divorce process. <laughs> yep. So it was, it's just interesting how intuition for a lot of people lines up with the astrology it could be so affirming like with the 11 11 like what's coming up but like what you're currently going through and then like you look to the past and you're like oh okay that makes way more sense for the past now if only I'd had these tools then for sure and like with the 11 11 portal it was fascinating that that closed out a two-year cycle all exactly when I decided to get the divorce and went through this whole yep. transformation yep. in November, like yep. I, that was mind blowing. That was so affirming at yep. how powerful astrology yep. can be. It's true. Yep, the lunar eclipses and how they work. You, you know, we've got we've got Aries, Libra this year. It's really about the I am the underdog representing the underdog and claiming your own warrior power to evolve versus giving away your power and not saying anything. So these themes will keep coming up this year. Um, and then on the downside, you've got the warriors doing more war and like, and and then, so you got the negative energy too. the eclipses. They kind of magnify both the positive energy and the negative energy. Um, but like, yeah, you, you will see a theme with war and speaking your mind this year. It's kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, wow. we're in a transition. Do you feel yeah. like you want to create retreats and be a part of retreats and things like that? So if anybody- Yeah, so this, yeah, this is a great example. I mean, this is next phase. I think I'm really in the apprenticeship piece of really fine tuning my skills and really getting a good idea of what's occurring in the planet. And then- Absolutely. My, I'm actually starting a training program uh, to be able to do retreats. And that, that is my goal. I want to have a larger impact on more people. Um, and we've got Michelle, we've got so many amazing people that we can have. I you know. guys can be at the retreat. I mean, like, oh, come totally. on, just Angela I, will be there. Like that's I'm literally, today I'm literally starting a long, um, course today for sacred space facilitatorship. I'm starting that's that tonight. No our way. first zoom call is tonight. That's um, crazy. Yeah, that's an area I've been called into. Um, right. So I'm starting. I actually got a scholarship for it, and I'm starting that yes! today. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm it's so excited. it happens so cool too. It was meant to yeah. be. It was like yeah. it just like she just kept saying, ah, and they kept coming back to her. I was like, dude, your the universe is literally like those memes, like hello say yes, and you're like, well, and it's wild because it's wild because like. I did my tarot forecast for 2024 and my, my theme for 2024, my theme card was the Hierophant, which is all about like 
spiritual education, higher like learning, being guided from other people on the next stage of your journey. And I feel that energy this year very much. And I'd be curious about my chart if that shows up. <laughs> anyway, yeah, either. <laughs> yeah, my my card for the year, what was it? Ace of Cups? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which just for me really represents the fact that I'm just leading with like joy every day. I'm just trying to do what lights me up, which definitely, you know, generates a bunch of fun activities in my world. So, cause that's, I'm a generator with human design and it sort of aligns. So cool. as we're wrapping up, what would be one thing that you would tell the collective for 2024 as like a piece of hope or a piece of just how to hang in there and ride the waves? Like what would be the advice you'd have yeah. for the collective? Yeah, I, I really feel like we're in the changing of the guards. I think we're and we are in the last, last kind of Pluto moves slowly. So we're not talking about that's going to like happen something that's going to happen within two or three years of when it's in Aquarius. But this year, we may see it's we may see more negative things because we still are waking up the planet. And so hang in there. We are babies in the age of Aquarius, the age of Aquarius it will have this humanitarian collective. We are taking over from the elites, from the people that have been in charge. And the goal is to evolve the planet and to take better care of our planet. That is where we're moving. This year, there's going to be snippets where you're going to see that positivity, but you'll, you'll see some of the negative too. And, you know, I think we just got to keep waking more people up. And I think it really starts, like, I think the smallest shift to waking up is literally just doing one thing a day that fills you up, that joy, that creates joy. And because that is like a beautiful domino effect. So if you're doing more things that light you up, you're walking around and it's energetically and, you know, like lighting other people up around because it's an energy source you know you're like an energy field walking the planet and if you're miserable then you're just low vibrations yeah so when we raise our individual vibrations yep. we raise the we raise collectively everyone else around us by a domino effect if they don't even if they don't know it or not they're just like i really love my time hanging out with you you're like that's the validation like exactly because that means but i was showing I up keep showing up exactly showing up. yep Yep. Chris, yep. thank you so much. I love yes. you. You're the best. Thank I you. love you too. Thank, thank you, you so much for call. having me on. No, thank you for sharing your gift. Yeah. And I can't wait to share you with the world. And um, I'm just so excited for this year and to see where we all are. And yep. will you come back? Because I would love to do as we can yeah. up to like, and we'll let you tell us like, Ooh, a big transit's coming. Let's like jump yep. on and, and, and share yep. this with people or whatever. I would love to. Yeah. I would love to. Okay. Love Thank you. you. Love you too. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode today, be sure to subscribe and share because what do we say, baby? Sharing is caring. <laughs>